0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the girl of gen z podcast i'm your host clarissa and today i have a guest by the name of jess hunishin on the show jess is a co-founder of the media agency shine shine services include content strategy and development media relations brand ambassadorship social media and influencer relations and events. Jess takes us through her big move from Australia to Canada and how and why she created Shine. Before we go ahead with the episode, if you could kindly take two minutes to rate this podcast five stars, preferably, and leave a review on the podcast app, that would be much appreciated. And if you're watching this on YouTube, if you could give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, and hit the notification bell, I will be forever grateful. As always, the timestamps of the topics we cover in this episode will be listed in the episode show notes. And without further ado, let's get on into the episode. Hi Jess, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, I'm so well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, thank you for coming on. Where are you located right now?
1: I'm in Toronto right now. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm in Toronto. I'm originally from Melbourne um, and pre-pandemic I would kind of split my time between LA and Toronto. So I haven't been back to LA in a little while and... Missing the LA sunshine, but I'm in Toronto for, for right now.
0: Well, it's a good thing it's warming up here in Toronto. So, thank goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the weather
0: like in Australia right now? Is it, is um, it they're summer? Coming,
1: or they just got into the winter. Um, so it's starting to cool down a little bit, they're That said, like it, I'm from Melbourne, so it gets a little colder down south, but it doesn't get, um, you know, it doesn't like snow or anything. And if it snows, there's there's some real problems, um, <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get to like snowing or anything like that. Certainly, nothing uh, nothing compared to a Toronto winter. Cool. Well, let's
0: start a little bit with your upbringing, where you grew up, <laughs> and the transition yeah. of you coming here.
1: So sure. So as I as I mentioned, I grew up in Melbourne, Australia. So I had um, a very lovely life in Australia. I went to you know primary, high school, university, all in Melbourne. Um had my first few jobs in Melbourne. So I went to school. Um, I did a business a double business degree and majored in marketing and event management. Um, went into that, not really sure what I wanted to do. Um, but, but kind of halfway through that, I really wanted to be a wedding planner. Um, so I kind of like dabbled with that idea for a little bit, which is why I kind of tacked on the event management side of things in my degree. And then came out of university right towards the end. I did an internship um, with a PR agency, like a, a, a small boutique kind of like one woman show PR agency, um, and kind of fell in love with that space. So I think it was a couple of weeks before I graduated, and that PR agency had you know connected me with a number of others. And she said to me, "Well, um, you know, I, I have some freelance work for you," and so did the other agency. So I was like okay, like maybe I'll just start my own little like freelance business and subcontract myself to these other agencies, but I want to set it up properly so that if I had the opportunity to do work directly, I would kind of be set up and ready to do that. So I, um, I launched my first agency, Honey PR, my last one's Hunnison, So like, I went to school with like 15 Jeffs in my year levels, ridiculous. Um, so everyone kind of had like Jeff, something so I was always just honey at school so honey PR um made sense for me I like it it's um, like a cute little ring to it yeah I liked it so it was like it was it was fun and very like on brand for me so am I like I still like perfectly remember my logo was like like polka it's not dissimilar I was like I'm wearing polka dots right now but my like damn it <laughs> my I've like, literally not changed I guess in like 10 to 12 years but my first logo was like like black, white, and orange, and, like, polka dots, and fun, I still, like, it's funny thinking back, I rarely think about that, but, like, it's funny thinking back on it now, like, even, like, the fun, I'm, like, I still love it, like, it was still, like, the, you know, when sometimes you look back at something you did, you're, like, oh, what was I thinking, so, I'm, like, I still really love that, like, old honey logo, but,
0: um, that's a good anyway. moment to have,
1: it means you, you did yeah. something right, if you're
0: still in love with something you created so long ago,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I really, I really love that business, so, um, I, uh, I started that like a, just like a couple of weeks before I graduated. So I think I was—I'm was, trying to remember how old I was. I think I was like right on twenty, like maybe I was about to turn twenty-one. Um, so just like boldy and silly, I guess I was like, I know what I'm doing. I can start my own thing. Um, so I did that. Had a ton of fun doing it. Um, I think I—I I think I had honey for about three years Hard to remember exactly now but it it was around about that amount of time um and then I kind of got to a point where I was like I love this and I'm having so much fun doing it but became like really aware that I only knew what I knew like I hadn't really like whilst I'd done like some freelance work for some other agencies I hadn't really had the chance to be kind of integrated in a company and really have like mentors and like learn from the people around me. Um, so I was like, I need to, I need to do that. Like, I don't want to just kind of be at this level forever. Um, so I was kind of like, well, where do I, where do I want to work? Um, so I, I, I looked around a little bit and kind of came to the conclusion that I really wanted to be in entertainment. Um, so in Australia, it's a little different um, to North America in that there's, the major stations are free to air, so you just you have them. Um, so not so much. I mean, there are cable networks, um, but it's not as popular as it is here. Like I feel like in Canada or the US, like you can kind of just like not have television, have like you know Netflix or Crave or Hulu. For or sure, for sure. In this day and age. Whereas- exactly so in Australia they have all of those streaming platforms but on the main networks, you get all of the like you know American like dramas and you know tv shows and I'm trying to think of like what's a tv show that's on right now I don't know um but you kind of get all of the like regular shows just for free um so I I went and I applied I knew someone who was at channel nine which is one of the major networks and I went and had a chat with her and was just like I think I want to get into television um, like PR marketing and TV. And um, you know, do you have any jobs available? And she was like, I don't, but I think I just heard that someone at um, there was a change at channel 10, another one of the networks. Um, And I was like, okay. So I, she told me the name of like the head of marketing and PR there and that, that was it. And I was kind of like, you know, off I go on my way. And then I was like, Ooh, I don't know how to get in contact with this person. So, and I didn't know like the format of the email, you know? So so I was like, I'm going to try every format until I just get it. So I kept getting bounce back because I was like, first name dot last name, first initial dot last name. Okay.
0: So you're talking about the format of the email address, like where to put the punctuation. And yeah, that is tricky if there's not like
1: a plate of it was. So I I was just like, I can't figure this out. Like I got time. Um, so I figured it out eventually. How many times um, did it take you? I can't remember. It's not, like, it must've been at least three or four. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so I eventually got through, um, uh, to the, the head of marketing and PR at channel 10. Um, and I, I went in for an interview and she was like, I'm sorry, like my mind is a little scrambled right now. Um, my, my head, my, um, marketing executive resigned two days ago and she's been with me for five years and. I'm in a bit of a tailspin about it. Um, and I was like, I totally get it. Um, you know, I'm a, you know, I get that today's probably not going to be like a typical interview, but you know, this is like my background. I actually have a, a degree in marketing. Um, she was like, oh, I thought you want you were PR. And I'm like, no, I like marketing is actually what I'm like more trained for. I just kind of fell into PR after school. Um, so she she was like, okay, let me like, let me just think on this. Like, she's going to, I can't even talk to you right now. Like, kind of thing. I was like, totally fine. Um, so I went away and about, I think it was a week or two later, she called me and just said, you know, I, uh, can you come in and just like do some temp work? Can you just like help me get through this time? And I was like, absolutely. Um, you got it. So I went in, I think I was there for four days and she offered me the job full time.
0: So um, so you're replacing
1: the other one. Exactly. Exactly. So the timing just like aligned for sure. Um, so that all happened. And then, you know, in entertainment TV, like things get shuffled around all the time. Um, so they ended up changing the structure of the team so that the um, all of the marketing came out of Sydney and there was like a person in each state around Australia that reported directly to that person. Okay. Um, so I kind of no longer had someone that I reported to in Melbourne. And then maybe like six months after that, I can't remember the timing exactly. But around six months after that, um, they ended up saying, you know what, we're going to do all of the marketing from Sydney. We don't need people in each market. And my job then became redundant, which was a really kind of interesting thing. Like, you know, looking back on it now with like that retrospect, it's it's very different. At the time, it kind of came as like a shock, but certainly like one of the best things that ever happened to me in the end like when I could and again looking back at it now it's, it's so much easier to say that it was more difficult at the time um but looking back now I'm kind of like that was that was really such a blessing that that happened because I think I was kind of ready to I'd been there for I think it was about a year and a half um but I was I was ready for another role um so I I ended up taking about three months off I traveled to Toronto in that time. Um, I, I was seeing someone who was, was here at the time and I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like it was winter in Australia, it's summer here. I'm like, sign me up. Like, so I went and spent a couple of weeks in Toronto, came back, actually, I think whilst I was there, I, um, I got a call from the original person that I'd spoken to at Channel Nine um, when I was first starting to explore. And she was like, and she offered me a role maybe six months before that and I turned it down and then she comes like I hear on the market do you want to come over to Nine as a publicist and I was like 100% I do like really ready to kind of now go back to PR like I was like missing I I loved PR so much well you you had
0: a break from it so you had time to miss it and then
1: want to go back totally so I kind of did like my degree in marketing then did PR then job in marketing I was like I'm ready to go back to PR now um, so I switched over to nine um and was in publicity there for a little while, loved it, such a great team. Um, and like I was very lucky in both roles and I had like great bosses in different kinds of ways, in different kinds of ways that I lead my team now, very, very different. But I I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. I really like to be pushed. Like so I like my boss at Channel Nine, especially Michelle was like I I really just we had like a nice friendship as well but she would like push me hard and I really like responded well to that and I think I kind of needed that in a boss um but anyway as I said in that kind of break time I'd come over to Toronto um and a few months later my then boyfriend was like you should move here and I was like okay like (laughs) like I was I think I was just like ready for a change like I was I needed something I I just needed like a bit of new excitement and to get reinvigorated and was not to say that I was like done with Australia and in any by any means but I was just ready for just like a bit of an adventure I think so I was like let's let's do it so I left Melbourne in like the heat of summer like I think it was like the hottest stretch it was like one of those like record-breaking five days over 40 degrees like it was outrageous into like the dead of winter in Toronto and I was like I've made a huge mistake oh my (laughs) I'm like so naive to like the what that um like what that like just like temperature shock would would be like I went from like the day I left Melbourne it was 40 degrees and the day I landed in Toronto was negative 30 and I was like oh like my poor Australian blood is not ready for this um so I kind of, and and I remember at the time I was thinking, I was like, okay, I land in Toronto. I was having like a week here and then we're going to the Bahamas for a wedding. So I was like, okay, so we, I fly in middle of February there for a week. I'll be fine. We go to the Bahamas for a little while, come back. It's March. And like, then winter's done, right? Like, no, like winter's not done in March in Toronto. Like, you're just like getting into it then. So Anyway, I, uh, I had some like pretty extreme uh, temperature shock, and then I, uh, you know, kind of got to my business, uh, like living in Toronto. Um, but that was kind of it was a really interesting um, time and transition and and kind of figuring it out. Like I think for me, the biggest thing that I realized that I just didn't, I, I just didn't know. I think coming into it was the knowledge that you have just from like growing up in a city or a country, right? It's like if, if you didn't work in marketing or PR or communications at all, but I said to you, what kind of person reads Toronto Life? You'd be like, oh, it's like kind of like younger, this, that, you know, la, la, la. Or like who reads National Post? Or who listens to this radio station? Like you just kind of know instinctually from being brought up around those media outlets.
0: I didn't even so think about
1: that. You nev- I never thought about it. Like I just, it didn't cross my mind. I didn't. Con- I don't know like I just would never have considered it and so when I got here I was like oh like I know nothing like at all like I know no one like aside from my boyfriend at the time not a soul I know nothing about the media industry what the heck am I gonna do here <laughs> so I uh I kind of went through like Indeed and the typical like job postings and things like that and was like okay like I'll I applied to like every job under the sun, like anything that was like remotely related to like PR and marketing. I'm like, sure. Um, Applied, basically heard back from no one. So I was like, oh, this isn't going so well for me over here. Um, So I kind of, after a while, I took like half a step back and was like, okay, how do I get the jobs that I got in Melbourne? And like, let I kind of, I really like looked at my like early career to figure out like what I did to get those jobs and and I remember thinking like I didn't apply for jobs like I didn't apply for jobs in the traditional way I should say um and I was very cognizant of always um not wanting to be one of the hundred or a thousand or ten thousand people applying for a job I wanted to be kind of like one of one um so I'd more try like some kind of like back end way to like get the job that I wanted so what was Uh, like a
0: back end way there in Australia
1: well, like it just been like the jobs that I got, like both at channel nine and 10, like neither of them were advertised at all. Like I did t- like that when I got through 10 was just by like, like kind of putting myself out there with my eventual boss at channel nine to like, Hey, I really want a job in this industry. What should I do? And I think that's like, it's such a learning And I've spoken at a number of universities and things like that. And it's my biggest piece of advice is that like, you just have to ask the right questions and you have to be willing to get no for an answer. And I think being in PR that I have such a comfort level with that because journalists say no to you all the time. So I'm like, I don't care if you say no to me, like I'll like test you until you say yes or I'll just let it go. And I'm I'm not like, you know, my feelings aren't going to be hurt by like that.
0: You can't Um, let them in this industry.
1: No, no. So I think that that was kind of like, I was like, well, you know, how am I going to do this here? So at that point, I was like, "Do I even want to work in PR? Like, I don't. I don't have to work in PR. I could do whatever I want." And I was like, "I remember when I wanted to be a wedding planner. I remember back to that." So I was like, "Okay." So I researched every wedding planning company in Toronto, and I found two that I really liked, um, and I felt that their like style kind of aligned with my style. So I reached out to both of them again, and was just like, "Hey, I'm new to Toronto." would love to pick your brain and just kind of hear a little bit about what you do. Um, And I find for the most part, especially for entrepreneurs, like very happy to talk about themselves and not in a, not in like an egotistical way at all. Like if someone says to me, like, I'd love to hear how you started time, like how much time do you have? I can talk all day. Um, So I think like people, you know, people like to talk about that kind of thing. And for me, like, I love to like share those stories. I think, you know, I, I hope they can provide some kind of, um, insight, like how, yeah, value, exactly. Um, so anyway, I reached out to the two wedding planners. Um, one was like, I, you know, I kind of have all of my people. Um, but if, if you're open to doing like a little bit of like freelance styling every now and then, like I I may have some like bits and pieces and I was like, for sure. I'm, I'm totally open to that. Um, you know as I, I also like should have mentioned I had like no friends because I just moved here like I knew no one um and it was just like oh like I'll like do anything and talk to anyone at this point like if you have like styling jobs like absolutely I'll do them um so I did one like styling job for her where she was like I'm double booked so I won't be there but my friend Ashley will um she's a florist you'll adore her um so I went and did that first so, wedding that I did with Ashley and we became very very good friends and um, by that time I'd like broken up with a boyfriend who I'd moved to Toronto to be with um and then I uh Ash was like by then this is you know a couple of months later she was like I'm you know do you want to come and have Christmas with my family and I was like yes I know no one like it will be a very sad <laughs> Christmas for me I'm like my first Christmas like away from like my family and things like that and I was like Please take me in. Uh, so I uh, so went and had Christmas with like her and her family. So she became a very, very good friend. Um, and like that Christmas, she was like, apologize in advance to my brother. Like he'll hit on you for sure. I just like just ignore him. And I was like, Okay, right, I'm fine, I got it. Like let's let's go and have like a nice Christmas. Um but I started dating her brother that Christmas and we're engaged now. So like that was one wedding <laughs> <fighting center. laughs> That's so
0: funny that how that was, all works out. That-
1: I know. So that was one that I reached out to. And the second one, um, she was like, I have all of the consultants I need. It sounds like you're much more suited to PR anyway. Um, I'm going to connect you with a friend of mine. And I was so disenchanted with PR at that point um, that I was like, okay, like I won't hold my breath. Kind of moved on and didn't really think about it. Um, But I looked back on this, this, like last year at some point I was doing um, a speech Uh, for a university and i was like i must look back and see like how that actually transpired because in my mind now like there was a there was a long span of time between when i sent that email and and when i eventually got a response but when i looked back it was like two hours (laughs) impatient um so i got a response and she was like hey i um i have a freelance pr business um would you do you want to meet and, and we can, we can chat about it. I might have some work for you. And was, again, absolutely super open to that. Um, so when and met her, we started working together that day. She had, as I said, she had been freelance. She was a freelance agency. Um, we started working together that day, worked together like that for maybe four months. And then she's now my business partner. So we started trying together like four months later. So it was like, it was so wild. Like there's two people. I would, I didn't work directly with either of them, but like one step to remove one step for each of them removed was like my people. So it just kind of worked out. And it was funny, like when I met, so my Emily is my business partner. So when I met M, it was very similar to the way that I started in Melbourne, like these women who had these PR agencies who were kind of like, just like willing to give me a shot really. Um, and it just kind of, worked out from there. Um that's so yeah, that's uh, so we started Shine together in January of twenty fifteen. So we started a Shine PR first and you know boutique PR agency and around six months into it we we're like let's do there's something to do in the influencer space here. No one, there's no agencies in Canada who are representing talent um in the way that we see there really being a need for it. Um, so we're kind of like, let's look into this in Australia. There are a number of agencies who do talent management in the influencer space very, very well. Um, so I kind of, I was aware of the, um, like the model and the format of it. So I was like, we could, we could do this here and let's just kind of talk to some people and see what the need is. And if there is, if there is a gap in the market for this. Um, so we talked to a lot of bloggers and a lot of, PR agencies and brands and to the to the bloggers and the instagrammers were saying you know what what do you need like are you missing something and without fail all of them would say i don't know my value i don't know how to ask for money but i have these brands reaching out to me and i know there i know there's a value there but i don't know how to ask for it and then on the brand and agency side they were saying agencies particularly they were saying The brands we represent want us to work with influencers, but it can be difficult to manage and it's hard for us to make sure that the key messages are delivered in the right kind of way.
0: There's no Um, middleman.
1: Exactly. So we're like, okay, if we kind of pop ourselves right in the middle here, we could kind of fix the problems on both sides. Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's, let's just do it. Like, let's just give it a go and, and we'll see what happens. So, in November of that same year that we launched Shine PR, so 2015, we launched Shine Influencers. I think we had like, maybe like 15 ish talent at the time. Um, But we launched with like a big bang um, in that, like, we threw a big party, we invited every PR agency, and that's very much like not done, especially at that time. Um, It was very much like, you are my competitor we don't talk you know my nemesis kind how of how many
0: years ago was it
1: that you five. started it five okay yeah about 5 years ago um so so yeah, the the relationships between agencies at that time in our experience anyway um was very different than it is today um so we are kind of like we were are in the business of collaboration like we want to collaborate with agencies and with the PR agencies were saying we're here to make your life easier. We know you have clients coming to you saying that you need to work with influencers and we know how busy you guys are. So you're
0: all in the same playing field.
1: Yeah. So like we will provide you with the talent that you can take back and just like look good to your client. Um, So that was kind of our value add to them. Um, So yeah, we did, we had like a big party. It was super, it was like, I think we talked back about like, like which of that being our most fun event. I feel like that's like, will always be up there for me. It was like, just such a fun event. Um, so yeah, we launched that in November 2015 and it's kind of grown like crazy since then. Um, so yeah, as I said, we started with, I think, yeah, like no more than 20, definitely, but 15 to 20 talent. Um, and now we have, I want to say 80, give or take, um, across, we have our office in Toronto and LA. Um, so they kind of split somewhat evenly across the two offices. and I
0: like that. I like yeah. that there's one located in America and one in Canada, and there's a good amount yeah.
1: in both. Totally, yeah. We thought a lot about, like, where to open the second office. We had, like, a, a really quick uh, deliance, I'll say, um, with uh, Texas and kind of explored the idea of opening an office in Dallas and for a period of time hired someone down there, um, which, in retrospect, again, I think is the best thing that we've done that that didn't go to plan, um, and it allowed us to kind of like test the model make all the mistakes that we needed to make and then open in LA really successfully um oh okay, again, So you were going
0: to pick Texas over LA at the time
1: no I, we just picked Texas because we just like we were having so many conversations with brands um in the US and they were all saying in terms of like their key markets it was New York LA Texas and okay. we we're kind of like interesting like obviously like we know the New York and LA markets well, but Texas, we we're not as familiar with like what's going on down there and what's happening. And because of the number of different like tax breaks, a lot of major um, companies moved their headquarters to Dallas around that time. Um, so there are a lot, there's a lot of big business happening in Texas. So we're kind of like, this is interesting and, and makes, could make sense for us to be, in, and when I say a smaller market, obviously, Dallas is in a small market, but it's not as big as New York and LA. Um, so we're kind of like, let's, let's play around with this. It, it didn't work for a number of reasons. And that was a really, as I said, a really good kind of exploration of what we needed to invest to have it go well. So when, so for example, like we, we hired one per- in uh, Dallas, we hired one person we didn't put him in an office. We were like, there's only one of you. Like, it makes sense you just work from home. Um, and we just didn't go down as regular. Like, I think, you know, maybe in that year, we went down like three, two or three times. I can't remember exactly. Um, but it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to, like, have that, like, support and, and everything that they needed down there. Um, so when we opened in LA, we, even though it was, like, hard financially, instantly hired two people So they, if nothing else was somewhat accountable to one another, Um, we instantly put them in an office and we spent a ton of time down there. Um, So even now, like we opened that office right around two years ago, actually. Um, And like, you know, in the last year, pre-pandemic, I would spend probably two weeks a month in LA and then two weeks a month in Toronto. Um, So just like that, it shows so much, just like that investment of time in the office there like how much of a game changer that was. Uh, But as I said, like, I don't think we would have known all of those things had we not had the experience that we had in Dallas. So I'm very thankful for that not going to plan, I guess.
0: (laughs) Where is the office in LA generally located?
1: It's in West Hollywood. So we have done, so we're in a WeWork in LA. We have like a private office within a WeWork um, in the Pacific Design Center, if you um, like know LA well. (laughs) Okay, cool. Cool. So what is one of the major
0: cultural differences you like observed from moving from Australia to Toronto?
1: Um, I feel like at the core, they're not terribly dissimilar. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of like work-life balance, my experience anyway, and like I can only speak to kind of like the PR agency type industries, obviously, Um, but I found that like, you know, pretty similar in terms of the type of people, people like tend to be fairly friendly. I think what I noticed the most is the difference between, um, Australia and the U S um, there's certainly a lot of differences there. And the main one I was talking to an Australian girlfriend about this recently, I think is that in Australia, there's a, um, a thing called tall poppy syndrome. So what it means is that, like, if you're in a flower field and there's, like, a whole field of poppies, the tallest ones get cut first. So it's kind of this mentality in Australia, and happens to a lot of, like, actors and things like that, that if you kind of grow, it's like you grow, like, a little bit, like, too big for your boots kind of, kind of mentality. All that right. people don't like it? I don't know. It's, like, it's hard to say that because I don't mean it in, like, an offensive way to Australia, but it's a very, like, cultural thing um that it's hard to i don't think you have the earning potential across all industries that you have in north america um like in australia for example if i said to like a group of you know family or friends like i want to have the biggest and the best agency in the world like if that's what i said as like a goal he would be like okay hot shot like it would be a little bit like that would be seen as like a you know you're kind of like striving a little too far and that might be a little too big that kind of mentality gotcha if I said that to a group of people in LA they'd be like go get it like manifest it like work hard network with it's like it's hustle culture yeah like I feel like it's like that to me like it it took me a while to like really see that and like grasp like what that meant um and again it's like no disrespect to Australia in any way but it's just like it's a it's a cultural thing that like I really start to like notice now um so yeah I think that would be like the biggest thing for me and in my experience in like the industry that I work in
0: okay okay and what were you like growing up in Australia were you in a lot of extracurriculars after school were you kind of media entertainment heavy already were you dabbling in some like extracurriculars in that field? Yeah, I am.
1: No, I didn't like in terms of extracurriculars. My family was like always sports. Um, so we never, none of us are music, My brother is a little musical, but like, my gosh, not me at all. Like, I would think of myself as like the worst creative ever, like, in terms of, like arts and sing, dance, music, like, all <laughs> like bad news. Um, so not in that respect, um, did like a little bit of drama through high school, but otherwise it was like, we were very much like a sports family. I'm the oldest of three. Um, so I was very much like Miss Bossy, um, which like, it's funny now, like there's kind of that, um, I think people talk a lot about like calling little girls bossy, um, and saying that like, you know, I feel like as a, as an oldest child, you're kind of like, you naturally are born into those like leaderships skills um so I'm sure my siblings would disagree and be like no you were just bossy um but I uh, and my parents too but uh, I think like I kind of like when I look back now at like even like home videos and things like that that like my brother sister and I would like I was never in front of the camera like I didn't I didn't like to be in front of the camera and it's it's very much mirrored with the kind of job that I do now and that I like being behind the scenes. I like kind of overseeing. You know, getting together and doing the strategy and overseeing it all and like moving the pieces, but not being at the front of the show. Like, you know, I love to do like interviews and like talk about Shine and things like that, of course, but very much prefer to be the behind the scenes, like masterminding it rather than, be like in the spotlight of it so when I like I thought a lot about that like over the years and how like what I was like as a child and almost like criticized for as a child in that like you're bossy you you know you kind of push people too hard and things like that is like almost like my greatest asset now you know what I mean because like I I think that like I developed those leadership skills and like I will push people hard but like I think I can like see potential in people and want them to be able to like actualize that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, yeah, it's like fun to think about now. (laughs)
0: So you mentioned you're the eldest. How many other siblings do you have?
1: I have two. So I, I have myself and my sister, who's two years younger than me and my brother who's two years younger than my sister. So they're both in Melbourne and both like had babies in the last year. So I like have lots and lots of, uh, of, like, FaceTime hangs with them because of, like, the babies. I'm like, don't forget me. Aww. And now, like, pandemic, I'm like, I can't get home anytime soon. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to start, like, sending photos of myself, like, plaster all over their walls. So they wake
0: <laughs> up from their naps and they're like, oh, that's how she looks. like,
1: like. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I, I need to, like, figure out ways that they can, like, not forget me. That hopefully, uh, hopefully Australia will open their borders. I'm hoping, like, in January I can go back for a couple of weeks and have some, like, nice baby time.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, Um, what was I gonna say? Okay, in schooling, so you did, you did all your schooling in Australia. Your university, everything. Oh, okay. like school, university,
1: the whole shebang.
0: Do you have things like postgraduate certificates there?
1: I. It's funny that you say that. Like, I guess so. I don't know though. Like, I just never like. I know here it's like such a big thing to like do your masters, and no. I was just gonna to say. That. In Australia, I guess.
0: Like here, it's very I, masters and postgraduate heavy, I find. Like as soon as you're done your undergrad of four years, it's like, okay, what am I doing next? And I'm curious, is it like that yeah. in Australia? It's like, okay, I'm done. Now I go look for a job.
1: <laughs> I, I wanna say no. And I'm sure there's some people that'd be like, uh, yeah, everyone did their masters, just you didn't. <laughs> so maybe that's the case. Um, I think, again, I can only speak really well to like my industry. And I can say that anyone I worked with in like marketing or PR, like no one had a masters or a postgrad. Um, and honestly, like, I was awful in school. Like, I was a terrible student. I didn't – I was not good at studying at all. Um, and I think I realized pretty early on that, like, I could coast through without doing too much work, um, which is not a good thing. But, like, I was, like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I was, like, a big fan of, like, winging it. Um, and, uh, and I still do that now. Like, I, I'm not, like <laughs> – I'm not an over preparer like even you know for like you know when I do podcast interviews and things like that like like sometimes people are like oh do you want the list of questions I'm like not really like I don't I wouldn't want an answer to be like not rehearsed, in and rehearse a hundred percent a little more like on the fly and like a natural conversation so and I think it's, it's different like when you feel especially for work for me anyway like when you feel confident and very knowledgeable in what you're talking about, then I I don't feel like I need to be overly prepared. Like going into meetings and things like that. And Emily and I laugh about this all the time because they're like, Do you have a presentation? We're like, we had a presentation. Like you just listen to us. And they're like, but do you have like slides? Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just if you want, but like we will have no slides. And people are like, oh um, Are you sure like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're much better this way, trust us. Because I think that also then you can like, if you're really into, which we are, like kind of reading the room and reading the body language and what people respond to, you can really like tailor a presentation to that um, instead of like coming with like a very put together presentation deck that then like you kind of realize a slide or two and they're like, I don't care about this at all. Yeah, like, and I'd much rather it. be talking about this, which we could talk about really easily. Um, and I think it allows you to kind of like bring the crowd into the conversation a little bit and, and help them to like really, um, you you know, understand what you're talking about and connect with it. Um, so it's just like our, you know, model of presenting, but I think, as as I said, I kind of look back to like my schooling and I was like not a good student. Like I didn't, so I, in terms of like post-grads and masters, I think even if it was an option to me, I was like, get me out of here. Like. I don't want to be in school anymore I want to work as I said like I started my agency before I graduated like I was like I'm done like I'm out of here I remember thinking if I do not pass I'm just making up that I got a degree don't care like no one's ever gonna ask me for it I'm not going back to school like I would not do it like I'd rather die so I'm kind of like I just was like I'm ready to work like I was excited to work and 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 didn't want to be in school anymore so i think even if the option had presented itself i would have been like absolutely not thanks for no doubt.
0: do you come from a family of you know did your mom and dad go to university or they did they drill that really into your head or, or did you take one yeah, of their approaches both, more
1: both went to university my um my uh my sister didn't and my brother did um so it wasn't i can't like thinking back to I never like not wanted to, I didn't not want to go to university. Like I knew I wanted to do that. Like it wasn't like, I was like, I don't want to go to school. Like, I wanted to go to university. I'm very fortunate that I had the opportunity to do that, of course. Um, but I, so, you know, certainly my parents didn't pressure me or like push me in that direction, but they definitely didn't need to. Um, they they gave me kind of advice along the way. Like I know when I when I went to When I said to my mom, like, I think I want to be a wedding planner. And maybe that was even before. I think that was, now that I look back, I think that was before I officially started university. Maybe that was between high school and university. She was like, well, probably no one's going to trust, like, a 20-year-old wedding planner who's not been married and you've been to, like, one wedding. (laughs) I was like, that's fair. (laughs) She's, like, being realistic and being like, I'm not trying to crush your dreams, but. I was like. I part I don't know at the time I probably like slammed my door and was like you know nothing <laughs> but now that I'm like yeah that adds up yeah so, um, so that's what she had said to me and then you know I, as I said went through school and everything and when I said to my parents like I want to start my own agency there and I was living at home at the time in Australia it's very uncommon um, to like go away for school um, so most people and I, I grew up in in the city so it's kind of maybe different if you live in more of a rural area um but it's it's 99% of people like go to university in the town in the city that they live in um so I lived at home all through university and then when I was starting Honey PR I was like I think I'm going to start this agency and they were like give it a go for a year like what's the worst that can happen so that was kind of the advice that they gave me then and it's very much something that like it's you know it's my thought process and mentality with a lot of things that I do now I'm kind of like you know like when I moved to Toronto I was like what's the worst that could happen like it all you know goes up in smoke and I go back to Australia like they're closing their borders to me like I hope <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm like, I, I think that's like that's probably what I'll do and I'll, I'll go and give it a shot and if it doesn't work I'll come back so I didn't I have like a very low fear factor I guess like I'm 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 not a warrior at all like I'm not I you know in in terms of like how I live my life I have like very little kind of stress and anxiety and things to I know, mean, maybe other people would worry about things that I don't worry about but I um I've just kind of been pretty like a lot of my bosses in the past have been like you're so even keel like you don't you're not up and down, like you're very just even. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we will take that as a compliment. But um, but yeah, so I kind of like go into a lot of things like that. Like when Emily and I started trying influencers, we're like, what's the worst that can happen? Like it doesn't work out and we just won't do it anymore. <laughs> like we'll go and get like real jobs. Hi. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Did Emily live in Toronto when you had met her?
1: Yes, she's Toronto born and bred, has always been in Toronto. So she worked for, um, she worked for a small agency started out of straight out of school called the Adlib group um, and start, they were an ad agency and she started a PR division within that agency. So that was her first job. And then I think she was, I may be wrong. I think she's around three years from memory. Um, and then she went and worked for DDB. So live like global um, ad and PR agency worked there for a number of years until she had her two babies. So, and she had babies. And after that, then she was kind of like, I don't want to go back to that agency life. And it's like, it's a lot. Like it's in terms of like time commitment, like you can get, I remember this from like, you know, from my kind of like corporate work experience, like you would, you could get called into like pitch and strategy meetings and you're there late, like not like till like six o'clock late, like, but, like late, late. <laughs> um, And, like, you don't want to do that when, like, you know, some people can do it when they have kids, and that's amazing. It just Um, makes an extra challenge. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to do that with kids. Like, it's not super conducive to it for me. Um, So she was kind of like, I'm going to just do some freelance work and see how that happens. And she was kind of like, it was going along really well. And then right around the time that we met, she's like, it just kind of spiked, and I got a lot. And she was like, I've I've worked with a lot of people um, through that freelance, um, you know, life but when we met it just kind of clicked and we were both like let's let's just do it and and we put a lot of work in at the beginning to kind of figuring out like what kind of company we wanted to run um and and we worked with um with a couple of different people um mark and nancy um being two of them who have a program called think eight which helps you to really develop like what like the purpose of your company is and i think it, you know, when we went through that process, I'll always remember, we, we had like sticky note like post-it notes, um, so, like M had yellow and I had pink or vice versa. And they said, you know, Nancy would ask us a question about, okay, write down all the words, like on separate post-its of like what you want the company to be like. And then she would take them and put them all on a board and kind of like sort them into categories almost. And like, when you looked at it, it was like kind of like a perfect mirror of one another, like. I would do one that ended up being the type, like the header and then M would have all the things under that. And then on the other side, she did the header and then I had all the things under it. It was kind of like, we were very much aligned. And I think that work helped us to become that way and it's helped us to navigate some like pretty wild challenges over the last five years um, and, and know that we're always coming back to like the same kind of values and the same way that we want to like operate a business.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you travel a lot for this business as well as to go home and see family or like, how do you kind of break this all up?
1: Yeah. So I try and go home twice a year. That's like my, my goal. And I've, I I didn't, I didn't do that like the first year or two, but I've done that pretty well. The last years. this year will be an anomaly, an anomaly. Sorry. Um, just not being able to travel so much, but, um, I was home for a few weeks in January, so that was nice, but it's, um, you know, for me, it's it's very easy to work from Melbourne in terms of the time difference. Like if I'm up and working at like 8am in Melbourne, it's like 4pm in Toronto, 1pm in LA. So I'm still like, I can still like catch the business day, but it's, I find it great because I wake up and I have like the majority of my emails in my inbox and I like power through them Right. and then everyone here goes to bed and then I go and like enjoy my day. So it's, uh, it's, I love it, but it definitely means that, like, you don't stop at all. Um, like, I know I said to Em the other day, and obviously, like, right now, like, there's so much, so much going on in the world, and it's it's intense and it's a lot to work through. Um, and I said to Em the other day, and it's the first time I've said it in five and a half years, I was like, I think I need to take a day off, like, just to kind of like switch off for a day. It's I'm needed.
0: In. It's I'll be needed. Fine
1: yeah I like we like encourage our team to do that we like take breaks like make sure you're like mentally like strong and functioning and, and you need breaks to do that um but I was like I wish like should take a little bit of our own advice and and do that ourselves but it's hard like you kind of and I think you know when you do something that you really love to do as well it's you're not like oh this is a drag I I need a week's vacation like I never feel like that. I'm like excited about the business. I want to be in it every day. So it's like, you know, like not to use the same, like, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like not to be like as cheesy as that with it, but like, you know, I think when, when you have fun with your job and it's certainly my, like number one thing with most things that I do, I'm like, must be fun. Like it's, it's my like life rule. Um, It's, you know, it's, you have fun with it, and you work with people who you can have fun with, and it it becomes like a, a family kind of environment, and yeah, I like it.
0: So, who came up with the name Shine? Was this a collaborative
1: effort or? Yeah, I think M mentioned it first. I believe we were kind of we were playing around with it, and M had mentioned Spark, and we looked into Spark, and then we we looked it up. It wasn't available. Like you know, kind of like you think of a name, like is it available? um as a dot com and wasn't available so okay that's off the list and then em was like what about shine i was like this is perfect um at the time like as i mentioned like i was kind of like going through a breakup and so was emily and we're like this is kind of like our thing and it's like our like chance to shine with like this business and it it just like as soon as she said it i was like that has to be it like by the name, I don't even care what it costs, like, we have to have it. <laughs> so, um, thankfully, it was available, shinepr.ca was available, um, and then Shine Influencers, obviously, just kind of rolled on from there, and yeah, so it's, uh, it just, like, it fits really well, and it's one of those things, like, you know, when you notice something, and it's every, every, every notebook I saw was, like, time to shine, shine on, like, the word shine is everywhere, like, you don't realize until
0: you go to Target or Walmart and you see every planner, yeah.
1: Everything says shine. Like you can get pillows with shine, you can get posters with shine, notebooks, pens, like I mean it makes it so easy, easy, easy to
0: decorate, I feel like, your offices it's and so stuff.
1: So easy. <laughs> I know. So, so there's so many like cute quotes and things like that. So it's uh yeah, it it's a name that like, you know, it and now even like with representing talent, like it's our like our job is to like help them to shine. So like it has all of these kind of like and it like is. internally, like our team, like I want them to like flourish and blossom and shine like with the company. So it's like it really had all of these like alternate meanings in the end that we never, I never thought of, maybe Em did. Um, I never thought of in the beginning. It just kind of worked at the time and it, we kind of grew with it. And yeah, it's I can't like imagine it being like now when I think about the word spark, I'm like, that's not us though. It's so wrong. I Good.
0: Guess. I'm glad that like it still has yeah. a significance and underlying meaning meaning for both of you, and hopefully yeah. the rest oh. of talent. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. what were some major challenges you've dealt with with the agency from start till now? Has the pandemic, sorry, pandemic, really affected certain things? Was there more of like as, when you guys
1: started? It was more difficult. There's there's different challenges as you go, and I think you as as you um, overcome one, you're kind of like, oh, we're done with that. And it doesn't arise again for the most part, but then a whole different type of challenge comes with that growth. Um, and I think like we've, we've been um, very strategic about our growth over time. Like we've wanted like slow, steady, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know, consistent growth, I guess. Um, so, so with that, there's like, there's a lot of challenges. I think number one, for sure the hardest like on an emotional level is staff like staff like the the absolute best and absolute worst thing like I like with the team who we have currently like I couldn't love them more I consider them to be family like I they're very much like friend slash employee which is amazing and we've had employees like that in the past but it makes it incredible incredibly difficult when something doesn't work out. Um, so we've had, um, you know, we've had a couple of team members leave and like start competitive agencies and things like that. And, and it's hard, like it, it's really, it, it has forced us to kind of go back to like the foundation of the business and look, again, why did we start this? What, what do we want to be known for? Should we be tougher with our team? Should we disconnect that personal aspect and not have those friendships that we've had and then we kind of look at it we're like but if that's the business do we want to do it anymore and that's not that's not why we started it's not how we started it so you kind of come back and and you know we've said so many times that like we we want to run a business where kindness is at the very forefront always and you get burned by that and it's like it, it's hard to keep kind of going back to that, but like, it, it's still like, you know, it's, it's at the very core of, of why we started the company and what we love so much about the company that you have, like, and I've spoken to girlfriends who are in like corporate and things like that. And they've been like, oh my gosh, Jeff, yes. like, you're way too good to your team. And I'm like, but like, they're so good to us. And, and, and I, I want I want them to love their job and to, for them to know how appreciated they are and how much we adore them. And, and it, it truly is like a family kind of, you know, mentality. Yeah. But as I said, like, you know, the, the closer you are to someone, the more it hurts if if, if something doesn't go to plan. And, and that's by no means to say that you expect people to like stay forever. Like most mm-hmm. of the people we hire in their twenties, like, you know, this is a job that people typically stay in for like, a few years or you have a you know the rare few team members that stay for a really long time and that's like so special but i think you know and this is it's a maturity thing for sure but there's like there's ways to leave a company really well um and there's ways to do it like not so well like nasty, uh, and we've, yeah. And, yeah we've experienced both and had some you know some people leave the team who i still consider to be like very, like great friends and and I like would send them job opportunities. Like this sounds amazing for you. Like you should, you should look into this or do you want me to connect you with someone? And, and, and Emily and I have made um, such an, I don't know if effort's the right word, but I guess I'll say such an effort to make sure that when we are letting someone go from the team and it happens, like this is a tough job and, and it's not something that everyone is good at. Like it's a really unique set of skills that it takes to really excel in this role. Um, so when when we have had to let people go, we've been very conscious of the way that we've done it, and and have really, you know, instead of being like, you know, here's two weeks or in in California, you don't even have to give notice at all. You could like, you're gone today and catch you later. Wow. Yeah. So like we've we've. So given... is that just
0: a Canadian thing, or do they do that in Australia too? Like the two weeks. No. In a...
1: In Australia, I think you have to, I know when you leave a company, you have to give four weeks notice. Oh, wow. I know. In, the, in um, Europe, some, some countries, you have to give three months. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. So in Australia, it's four weeks is the standard. So I think if you are being let go, I guess they must have to pay you out for four weeks, I think. Wow. I think. But anyway, um, or they'll say, like, we want to let you go, and in four weeks will be your last day, I guess. Um, so, so we've, we've been, you know, we've really wanted to like help people like find a a role for them that like, and I, for the vast majority of cases, when we say that to someone, they're like, yeah, I know it's not the right fit. I'm like, okay, this is good. Like we, we all know that and let's kind of like go through the next process together. So like some people have been like, stay on until you find a new job and like, and that works for some people. It doesn't work for others. Um but, as I said like it's it's tough, so like the staffing is as I would say always like the, the, my favorite part of the job, and like the hardest thing about the job at the same time um and then other challenges like little things like accounting, like it's always our Achilles heel, like I hate it, <laughs> so like for em and I, I'm like we're both like marketers and like strategic thinkers. <laughs> like I'm not like a chartered accountant like I'm just not and I'm like I'm very good with numbers and I'm good with math but like I'm not good at accounting nor do we have like even if I was good at it is it where my time is most you know effective Mm no Um, it just never will be so you know it's one of those things that like you know, like mistakes happen and there's human error and then you put people in place to catch it. And, oh my gosh, we have so many people who work on like the finance side of our business. It's outrageous. So like little things like that. And I don't know, there's just like challenges, as you said, like the pandemic has has not been too much of a challenge for our business, thankfully. Um, we're, we're in the, a very fortunate position that our team was very strong going into it um we had a lot of work um already lined up and thankfully with this space is that we had the ability to shift program messaging and content very quickly um so unlike if you know you'd had you know an ad like a print ad slated to go live in a newspaper or if you had a billboard about to go up over a highway um that you just it's up it's up like you, you can't change it right. um but with this kind of messaging, like we were able to like make changes very quickly. Um, So if someone was doing something about like, I don't know, like let's say a makeup brand and they were talking about like a, you know, like a summer, their favorite summertime look. um, Now that is more like, you know, I'm at home and I want to do something fun. Like, let's like do a makeup tutorial together and let's try something really cool. And, and that kind of, so I feel like we we were just able to adapt very, very quickly. Um, and we, you know, we have great relationships with our talent, of course. So we've had a lot of time with them and like doing webinars and things like that to like help guide them through it. And then on the client side, I'm just talking to them in an ongoing way about strategy. And now that across um, North America, things are starting to open up again, we can really start to like dive into like, what does that look like? And with travel especially, I think... Consumers will be looking to influencers to be like, when are they comfortable? What, what are the rules? Like, I think we're all hearing so much information now that we need to like just spill it down. And that's what influencers have always really excelled at. Like, you know, as like a, as a female, I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's 5 million mascaras that I could use. For example, I'm like, I don't know which one do I need this? Do I need that? Oh my gosh. That's where like my favorite influencer would be like, I tried this mascara and I love it. I'm like, I'm buying it. You already tried it. You've told me it's good. I believe you because I've been following you for years. And I, you know, I I understand your platform that you kind of, you distilled it down to me. Yeah, you have this trust. Exactly. So, um, So I think a lot of brands will look to influencers as we transition into that space where it is safe to kind of go out and, you know, be outside and be going back to like normal life if that's a thing um and what that looks like and yeah it's uh it's pretty wild that's for sure
0: so how many people are on your immediate team like the ones that are either managing influencers or just doing the back-end stuff
1: yeah so including emily and i we're about to make a hire in la so including M and i there will be 15 yeah oh wow definitely. Yeah, 15. And yeah. how many did you start with? Uh, two, like Emily and I. <laughs> oh, true. Okay.
0: I guess that's a silly <laughs> question then. Yeah. So were yeah. you guys doing yeah. uh, a lot of the stuff, I guess, all on your own before you hired out help?
1: So it's funny. When we first started Shine, um, it was like a couple of weeks later. Literally all we had was an Instagram page. And that sounds now like, well, obviously. Um, but at the time, a lot of um, PR agencies, they might've had an Instagram page where they would like post um, uh, you know, client wins and client content and things like that. But where we were quite different is that like our page, our Instagram page, if you go like way, way, way back to the beginning of the shine PR Instagram page, it was all about the shine brand and the shine lifestyle and what that meant. So it wasn't really ever about Emily and I, and we, we never wanted it to be necessarily like we wanted it to be bigger than us and we wanted um our team and people involved to feel that they're really a part of it and could have ownership of it and wasn't just like us Um, but it was always like quotes about kindness and fun and like ponies wearing flower crowns and like cute things like that so we marketed to an audience that we kind of didn't realize that we were marketing to but it was a very very young university student um, which, you know, after a while we're like, well, eventually they'll have jobs and eventually they'll come to us and it'll be fine. <laughs> it made this just like a long game. Uh, so with that, with that in about like two to three weeks, we, after we launched, we started getting emails from university students, young women um, who were like, Hey, I saw what you were doing. I just want to be a part of it. How like I'll get coffees. I'll make photocopies." Like, we don't even have a photocopier like what will you do they're Um, thinking like the old traditional intern uh, from the movie I I know so we'll like like I'm not gonna make you like run and get my dry cleaning like it's like it's not that kind of
0: yeah
1: yeah well like you you want to come work for us like please come like we'll take you and like for so long like we worked out of like my 500 square foot condo like my old place like we would like it's funny because I remember way, way back to when I was like working at home and I had honey PR and my mom was like, you can't work on your bed all day. Like you can't take a meeting in there. What are you going to be like, jump up? Like, and it's, it's so funny because I've like told Emily that story. And when we worked in my condo and we had like interns and some people and like, they would work on like the tiny table that I had an M and I would like sit on my bed and like work with like Amy, like Amy was like one of our first um employees. And we'd like, Amy, come into the boardroom, like jump up on the bed with us. Like, oh my gosh. Like it's so funny like thinking back about like how it started and like that seems like half yesterday and half like lifetimes ago. Right, right. Um, but uh but yeah so we um we had those interns come in um and just adored them. Like many of them were like still friends with like Emily Boland and Nikki were, like, our first interns, like, I, like, I have friendships with both of them, like, Nikki moved to Australia, and I was like, we just did like swap, like, Aww. this is great, like, yeah,
0: literally.
1: and, yeah, like, Emily Boland works here, and, like, we're still in touch with her, so, like, those people, like, they were, like, such a part of the beginning of it, like, they were so, like, they, I feel like they're, like, as much a part of it as we were at, at a time, so then, like, Amy joined the team, Amy moved to, like, the UK, um, but again, still, like, friends with her and like have so much like like love and time for Amy um but like it's like it just evolved so much over time that it's like it's really kind of fun to to look back at now um but uh, but yeah so the staff kind of came to us in like those very very early days and um, and then we started advertising on like you know job sites and things like that or we would like post on um different facebook groups like you know like Create and Cultivate and PRnet in the U.S. And now there's an amazing group called Women in Influencer Marketing on Facebook that we utilize a lot. Um, so yeah, there's just like, yeah. And like they come to us from kind of all over now. And then like, you know, I, like we, our most recent hire in, in, hire in LA um, was a girl, Sana, who had like interned for us last summer. And then we needed a coordinator. Like, will Sana come back? Like we loved her and she already kind of knows the business. Like that would be a dream. So it's fun and like Sam, our senior talent manager in um, Toronto, she, was, she interned with us for like three months and worked for another PR agency and then we snatched her back and, and now you know, she's been with us for a few years. So like, it's nice to like see people kind of grow within the company and it, that's been like a lot of fun for sure.
0: Definitely a full circle when they go to another place and they come back or they're bouncing to and okay. then they take you guys in the end. <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's fun i think it's important for people to have other experiences as well and to like i hope to know that like they they do really like it at shine and and that it's, it is the right fit for them and i think it's hard to know that if you haven't worked anywhere else of course um so so yeah it's, it's it's nice to see that full circle as you said
0: do you work out of your own place now or do you and emily have like an office in toronto where you guys work out of
1: yeah, we have offices in both, so we haven't been in them for months now, so everyone's kind of been working from home, which has been a really interesting adjustment, um, but so much of what we do, it's like, it's calls, it's emails, texts, like, it, it kind of makes, it, it hasn't been that much of a dis- disruption, aside from that, like, I just kind of, like, miss the team um like i I miss seeing them but in terms of like work and productivity it hasn't really slowed anything down just
0: the human interaction i feel like you really lack or missing
1: so much so much so we have yeah we have our office in toronto office in la um so the office in they're very different um as i mentioned the office in la is in a we work building which we love and when we only had two employees we're kind of like this is kind of perfect like they have this inbuilt community through all of the other we work members and it was a great opportunity for, for them to like network and things. what like
0: is we work
1: we work is a co-working space so they have oh, um okay all over the world um uh, which is kind of fun for me like when I go to like Melbourne I'm like I could just pop in and like work in a we work or like when I wherever I'm traveling you can do that um if you have a membership obviously um but uh but yeah so you have a space like a, a 13-person office in the we work LA they're like what i you know you kind of have the pros and cons of both offices both styles of offices with us having both like we work your actual office space tends to be smaller like we have you know six seven people and we have a 13 person office but even that's like smaller than our office in toronto but you have access to like meeting rooms and phone booths and just like common space so that's amazing like there's like a plethora of phone booths if you need to just like take a quick call and stuff
0: right right they're becoming more popular
1: very popular, and we've. I love going to LA and working out of our WeWork. I we got an apartment in LA recently because we're there so much, so we're like, we, it has to be just like around the corner from the WeWork so that we could just like walk over there and it's easy peasy. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's um, in LA and in Toronto, we have our own space which has allowed us to make it very like on brand to shine, so like it like feels like shine in there. And we talk a lot about like, should we get. A we workspace in Toronto, and then I'm like, oh, I love the space in Toronto. It, like, kind of like feels like our like shine home. Yeah, like but then, Like, you don't have the phone booths. We have like one boardroom, but you don't. It you just have different things in both. And so I kind of I like seeing both pros and cons um, for sure. And kind of having one in Toronto and the other option in LA. So I think we'll stay like that for for the time being. But I think when we go back to the office, whenever whenever that is um I don't know what that'll look like like maybe we weren't being in the office full-time and maybe we will have a little more flexibility like maybe we won't be in the office on Fridays or something like that We're kind of, be, yeah. we kind of play it by year and see how it goes depending on when we come back and yeah for sure and what that looks like I yeah. feel like in
0: LA the WeWork uh, space you have so much opportunity especially because it's in LA so there's so much I don't know, room so, for like influencers and celebs to pop in and be doing work. I feel like there's so, so many networking opportunities, not to say that Toronto there people. isn't, but I would say yeah. LA is very heavy for
1: it. Totally. So we, uh, like, I know the team have met like a ton of people and, and they also have like, just like a great kind of like, um, community, like posting systems. Like I know we've posted and they're like, we need like an IT specialist. So like, like, is it someone in the building who can like, oh, can we the just the around? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like anyone. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Pulls up the sign. Like, yeah, we're like is, is anyone like you know we need an employment lawyer, we need a tax accountant, we need this. Like the likelihood is that those people exist in, in the building. Building for sure. Yeah, so so that's really cool. Like I love that part of it. It's just like it's inbuilt networking with like who knows who you could you could meet there. And like the like our business, like we do, we work across like typical influencer categories, like beauty travel fashion and all of those things but we also like it goes so far beyond that like we do a ton of work in the tech space and apps and automotive and insurance and and things like that that you probably don't don't come to mind as quickly when you think about influences um but that said like we we work with within all of those categories so it's you just like you don't know where those opportunities will come from and and you know who you might meet that like I don't know. They're like a sister-in-law owns a restaurant and they need some influences. Like everyone needs influences. Like For sure. so,
0: uh,
1: it's nice to meet people like that.
0: How many people work out of your office in Toronto?
1: So it's pretty evenly split. I think there's eight in Toronto. Why am I like not adding this up? Right. I think there's six, there's six in LA. There's to be seven and eight in Toronto. And that's including Emily and I. So okay. I guess if you said there's like six in Toronto, seven in LA, and then M and I, like, wherever we are. <laughs> wherever
0: you know. are in the time being, for sure. <laughs> wherever <we
1: are. laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess I'm just not super educated on the topic. How many, I would say, I guess, competitive talent agencies are there now compared to when you've started? Are there a lot?
1: There's a ton. Um, and I think, honestly, like, genuinely, it's a great thing. Because what happens with the influencer space is for us, it's best if all influencers are represented, all all ones that are like at a certain level, I should say. So not like super, super emerging talent, but anyone who's like reasonably established, the system works best if most of them are are represented. And we can't represent everyone nor do we want to, like each um, agency often has different like categories that they specialize in. Um, so it it really works well if a lot of people are represented. So we in, in Canada, like we started a group for other talent management agencies where we could kind of go and like, we're like we want to have a group of like very trusted ethical agencies who we know work really well, um, in like a style that's not dissimilar to how we work. And then from there, we're able to kind of go to them when we're casting for something, if our talent aren't a fit for it, for whatever reason, we can go to those other agencies and like, hey, we're looking for this, this, and this. Um, and then they can come back to and say, hey, we've got like all of these talent that are a great fit, and we say great, and we put them forward for the campaign. Um, and then we can work through another talent management agency. So like, like well, yes, they're competitive agencies, like we all work together pretty regularly, Um, in LA same kind of thing Um, great relationships with a lot of agencies especially through um, the group I mentioned to you women in influencer marketing fantastic group Um, so with that like I've met a bunch of other agencies like who I now go to I'm like hey I need like I know you specialize in TikTok talent I need some TikTokers for this collaboration blah 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 Um, they send over their recommendations Um, so yeah I feel like that's um it's to our benefit, if there are more agencies, Um, and we, like, really utilize each other, like, we, I was on a chat the other week with a bunch of other agencies, and we're all talking about, like, our, like, employee, like, comp packages, like, what do you guys offer your team, like, what do you find motivates them, what have you found didn't work, like, what does that look like for you guys, and we, we have very, like, open dialogue about that, and, and I think, you know, certainly not everyone is open to sharing everything, and that's, okay and you know for M and i in our experience you can't you often have to be the person to like extend that olive branch first and that's fine like we've always been very open to doing that um so yeah it's um i i found the other agencies have been like abundantly beneficial to to us and to our business and and i think so you know pr agencies and brands who are booking influencers what we hear from them is like, oh, it's so nice to work through an agency because you guys have all of the information and you're going to get back to us really quickly. Um, and it's it's more of a, I don't want to say it's more of a professional conversation because that's not the right way to put it. Most influencers very very professional, um, but it's just kind of like, you know, especially if we're working with a, a PR agency, like they have their brand, we have our influencer, and we're like in the middle, like figuring it out together. So it's just like we're on kind of like e- even playing field, and it's yeah, it's nice.
0: Yeah. So based on that reply, I feel like you don't view them as much as a competitor, as much as it may be viewed like that, but it's more like yeah, you're all in like, the same playing field. They're <laughs> almost
1: like, I guess you'd look at them as like a resource. Like that's probably, yeah, that's probably what I would refer to them as. Like they're, they're a really great resource.
0: So how do you go about choosing influencers to represent your agency? Like, do you have specific criteria or um, a general selection method
1: yeah a lot a lot of things a lot of criteria um so we have a lot of influencers reach out to us um like daily many many people reach out to us um and we will you know they like, kind of pick and choose who we want to bring on for exclusive representation based on a number of factors so one might be that we're like missing someone in a specific category. We're like, ah, we really need a foodie based on the West Coast. Something like that. Where right? like, you know, we don't have anyone and we get asked for that all the time. Or like we get asked for people all the time who are like over 40 and we don't have anyone in that category. Let's like find find a few people in that age, age range. Um, so that could be it. And then, you know, we're looking at people like, there's a number of different things. Like my top three uh, content, So, like, just at a glance, like, what does it look like? Do I like it? Yes or no. Um, So, that's a quick one. The second one are the numbers. Like, you have, you know, not just the follower numbers, but really diving into like, their analytics. Um, You know, what's the engagement? What's the percentage of male, female? What, where are their followers located? How old are they? All of those types of things. And then even further into, like, how many people view their stories? How many how many people on average save their photos and things like that Um, that kind of thing and then the last part is their story so like what are they talking about and are they talking about something and do people come to them for that like we have a number of women who I just adore in like the body confidence space and it's all about like body love and acceptance and things like that which is a very kind of popular category right now um but those women who we represent there have such strong stories and voices and and their audience comes to them and 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 I genuinely can say they like impact their lives. Um like I read their comments and people are like you because of you, I wore a bathing suit this summer. Like like that they're like I've never been with my kids to a swimming pool and just worn a bathing suit. Like Aww. I like things like that that you're like they really like changed you had a real impact on someone and I like seeing that like it's so cool like i love that um so there's there's things like that um where they again very very strong story um there are other people who like their audience comes to them just to hear about fashion and they don't really care about anything else but they're there for that and they, that's what they love and and brands love them and their audience loves them and they like sell and convert at a really high rate um, So things like that. But like, you know, we might look for someone who, I don't know, is like a life coach. We just brought on someone in Toronto who's like a life coach, a coach, Kerry, and things like that. And like, she has like such cool things and talks like very much like a motivational speaker and and really cool content like that. Um, So I think, you know, I love to find someone with like a unique story. Um, So it's kind of like those things together, like the content, the numbers, the story, for me starts to really like bring it all together.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So do you specifically like find the people you would like to try to sign on with the agency or do you have someone else that you delegate that task to and do they run by the final names with you or what how does that look like?
1: So it's a mixture of both. So I like just by nature of being on Instagram. All the live long day I come across people um so like I will find people often and just like shoot them over to someone on the team who I think will like them the best <laughs> um so I'm like oh this is a really great fit for like Coco because she's really into like the creative fashion girls or like this one's a really good fit for like Emma because she's into like the body confidence fitness health space um so you know kind of look at it like that um do you have a girl
0: or a manager doing kind of each category of kind of okay
1: kind of yeah we like try and like put them into like little pods according to their category um so there's that and then um we talent reach out to us all the time so we go through them and then it's kind of like an ongoing passive job for the whole team um so and at the end of the day we say to our talent managers like we want you to be able to represent talent who you love. So go and find them. Like if you find someone who like this girl or guy is amazing, like I really want to represent them, um, go for it. Like then you kind of, you have a lot more fun with your job because you really, really, really love your talent. For sure. For sure. Yeah.
0: So what tasks do you perform on a day-to-day or weekly basis? Like if I were to have a day in your life, what would it look like? At China oh influencers
1: it's like it's so different I'll, I'll tell you what like a talent manager's day would look like and then like that's why really like more like structured i guess sure, so sure. a talent manager will be flooded with emails lots of emails so all of their talent all of their talent who we represent are exclusive to us which means that anyone any brand or agency who emails them that will come through us and we will negotiate it on their behalf so they will get all of the talent emails. Send them all of the emails they get from brands. So that's half of it. Then they're going back to the talent, maybe asking them a question. Like you know, the talent will usually say, like, "I'm super into this, or not so much into this one." Um, and then we're going over to the agency, saying, like, "Hey, um, & Search would love to work with you. You know, can you give us a bit of an idea of like deliverables and timing and budget and things like that?" Um, and then it's like back and forth with the agency or brand. Um, they'll often be hopping on calls with their talent, either like general strategy calls, depending like, you know, if, if they need it. Um, but it might be like, Hey, like we've noticed, like this has been happening on your page. Like, what do you feel about this? Or like, we've noticed, um, you know, you're not getting as many inquiries, like what's going on with that? Like, let's talk about and figure out, um, how to improve that or how to like bump up the volume and whatnot. Um, so there's that, so lots of calls, or they might just call their talent and be like, hey, a really cool campaign came in for brand X. Um, I think it'd be so cool if you did something like this, but I want to get a few creative ideas together with you so that I can go back to the brand and be like, oh, they, they have these really great ideas straight away, straight off the bat. Um, so a lot of that, and then like, there's like, you know, ad mini stuff in terms of like, we have like trackers for all of our talent where we put in like, all of the collaborations they're working on what dates they're due to go live and all of that type of thing what the rates are um so it's like making sure that all of the trackers for the talent are like perfectly up to date so that the talent will have access to their own so they can jump in see what's going on they have calendars in there and all that jazz um a lot of that and then like it's like brainstorming with the team as well like on like slack we might be like hey i've got a casting up for like I had one the other day, I'm like, I'm casting for something that um, I need like fashion girls, must be in LA, must be in their twenties um, for a show that we're looking you know, for a particular network, they um, You casting, know, who do we have that's a fit? And then everyone will kind of like jump in and say, oh, this person, not that person, whoever, whoever. Um, and then like going back to the brand saying like, hey, these are the talent who are fit. Like this is their handle. This is how many followers, their location. And, like, this is why we think they're a fit. Um, so, yeah, there's, like, I would say that's, like, the vast majority. And then for me, it's kind of, like, I mean, certainly during the pandemic, like, I'm, I feel like I'm just on calls all day. Um, I'm, like, I don't think I talked to this many people before <laughs> this happened. Why do people want to talk to me now? <laughs> um, and, uh, but, yeah, so lots and lots of calls. Um, Emily and I are on the phone a lot. Um, just kind of talking through, like, you know, overall business strategy, especially, with, you know, with the pandemic and whatnot, like, looking at the team, and, like, what do they need, and how can we support them, and and make sure that they, they can do their jobs really well, and, and what does that look like right now, um, so lots of calls like that, and then, like, now, like, boring stuff, like, let's talk to our accountant, let's talk to our <laughs> lawyer, let's talk to this yeah. person, that person, like, you know, like right now we're looking, um, for really great, like diversity expert to come in and talk to the team. Like that's really important to us. So like, let's get, let's find a diversity consultant who can come in. Let's do like organize a lunch and learn for the team, um, that we can do in the next week or two and and stuff like that. So there's a, yeah, like always, there's always lots of things to do. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Do the brand managers, um, at Shine also look for opportunities for their talent or is it just they just yeah. take whatever email okay okay so it's, it goes both ways so they get emails they also send out
1: emails yeah so it's it's both so like our talent might come to us and it's like hey i really want to work with xyz for whatever reason um and this is an idea that i have and we'll go out and back like, amazing like we have contacts with you know the vast majority of brands these days Um, so like, great, we've got a contact, we'll reach out we'll pitch it. So there's like, yeah, there's a lot of proactive pitching that goes on or like when something comes in for one of our talent, if it's not a good fit for whatever reason, we might say like, let's say someone, um, needs like a vegan and we're like, oh, this person's not vegan. Like they're pescatarian, but we do have a couple of other talent who are vegan, um, who would be a really great fit for that. Um, so with that, it's making sure that brands are always really, really well supported. Um, and yeah, you can like always offer them, offer them talent and, and help them to facilitate or develop the strategy for a campaign.
0: Are talent allowed to be CC'd on emails that are in negotiation or do you try to keep them out until kind of like it's wrapping up and like, okay, it yeah, kind of comes to the decision.
1: It's not, but they're not allowed by any means. Like every now and then we'll like be cc if they really want to see something, I always say to them that I'm like, if you're CC'd, I'm like, it's kind of like, imagine we're sitting at a table and we're talking about you like you're not in the room. It's kind of weird. Like that is what it's like, and it's it's tricky, I think, to talk about someone's like rates and value when again they're like (laughs) a virtual room. I'm like weird. Like it's weird to like. It's like they're looking
0: in, but they can't say anything. But
1: even like just like talking someone up feels like, like, should they write back and be like, thank you, like, (laughs) I don't know, it's odd. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, like we don't, we, it's not our practice to do that. I think when new talent start and they want to see that to build trust, I totally get it. Like, you know, we're, we're essentially, I don't want to say taking over part of their business because that's not it, like it's, it's very collaborative internally. But we're taking on something that they've been used to managing on their own. And they have a very specific style in which they do that. Of course, Mm -hmm. like if someone said to me, like, I'm going to take over, you know, your communication with the talent and you don't have to do that anymore. Like, I'm going to do it for you. I'd be like, no way. I don't, I don't want you to do that. (laughs) Like, I'd be like, how are you going to speak? What if you don't speak like me? What if, what if you don't say something in the way that I would say it? So I'm very cognizant of that and, and really understand where they're coming from because like, this is their business. Like it's a business that they built. And I think it's important to be very respectful of that, especially in the beginning when they're like building trust with us and they don't know us. Like they might've gotten a great referral or something like that. And that's why they're with us. But it's, you know, you have to build that. So like at the beginning it's telling like I want to be CC just to like understand the process then I'm like, of of course, you we know, don't like take away that. Like it's I think we've always been very transparent and and I don't I wouldn't want anyone to think like, why can't I be cc would What are you saying? You know? So yeah. I think it's more like if for whatever reason we're pitching like two talent for a campaign, it's being aware of, you know um, you know, confidentiality and things like that. And, you know, maybe people don't want other people to like know their rates and that kind of stuff. So that's a different story. But but yeah, for them like it's like we're open to it but it's weird if it's cc'd <laughs> if it's like a cc kind of thing yeah right
0: right do you guys think you'll <laughs> ever do any type of like influencer trip in the future where you kind of have people all like all the from yeah. or agency or as many people as we you can about, try to get
1: we talk about that all the time um i've been talking about that for years because i'm like we would obviously need to go <laughs> i'm like so i'll come too <laughs> um so it's, it's, uh, it's more for selfish reasons, but uh, but no, we, we talk about that a lot and we have a number of talent who kind of live in the same cities and things like that and know each other very well. And just by nature of kind of being on our roster all together as well, a lot of our talent know each other virtually and like every now and then have the opportunity to meet in person, which is super fun. But it's like, I don't know, I'd, lo- I'd love to have everyone together. So I'm like, I don't know, if you know a resort that will take like 80 of us, let me know um <laughs> yeah so it's um I'm like, it would be a pretty big ask but I mean there'd be a ton of content that came out of it so oh, it would be yeah. at, at some point we'll maybe we'll do it in like smaller Cities. groups
0: mm-hmm. I don't know
1: we'll have to figure it out but yes you have your Toronto uh,
0: based ones your LA ones yeah. that'd be cool
1: that'd be really cool we can make something happen I'm sure
0: <laughs> so how do you foresee your agency going after this pandemic
1: Um, well, I think it's been really nice to have the team back together. it will be really nice for me to like run straight back to LA. Um, and then I think it's just going to like, I think it's going to be that, like seeing what happens when we come back together and have that ability to like brainstorm and, and work very collaboratively as a team. I'm excited to see like what comes out of that. Um, and in LA, like we've hired like three people during this pandemic, so like, but then like they've been trained like remotely like I, apart from sana who i mentioned was um the intern that we have like two of our team members i'm like i haven't met in person like seems like so weird right but like i'm like i'm excited to meet them <laughs> um like face to face like obviously we do a ton of zoom calls and things like that but it's um i'm excited to see like i think that's just going to really like skyrocket like everyone having been on their own and and working just with what they have by nature of being pretty isolated. Um, Although we have been doing a lot of video calls and whatnot with the team, I think it's it's going to be really exciting to see that kind of like spring back into action. and, And at the same time, I would hope that then like travel is resuming, you know, restaurants are open again, hairdressers are open again, like all of those things. So I would think at the same time as we're coming back together, there's a lot of brands who are like, we need to let people know that our services are available again. And they're going to want to use influencers to do that because it's so quick. Um, so I think that's all going to kind of accumulate around the same time and create like just a ton of opportunity. So it, that's that's going to be really fun.
0: For sure. Well, I guess straying away from this topic for a little bit. Um, so you originally moved here for a boy and then unfortunately that didn't work out. What are some... <laughs> yeah things you've learned through the experience and obviously some takeaways and the position you're in now you're
1: engaged yeah. um just speak yeah. on that a little bit yeah so I think it's just like you know I look at it like not in a dissimilar way to like how I look at my career and like if you know if you don't give something a go then like you just like you never know what could have happened so I'm like very 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 thankful for like the opportunity that I had to come here and Explore that, and as you said, like that relationship didn't work out like for the best. And and I think you know, for for both of us, that was a really positive thing. Um, and and yeah, like it just kind of like it opened up so many doors for me, and it allowed me certainly to to look at like what I want and what's important to me, and in like a partner, in, like for business and personally, and you know, just to kind of like really evaluate that. So. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, again, like it's, you know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. And if you don't try, then, you know, you just never know what would happen. So, and again, like it's, I find it very easy for me to say that. Like, I'm not, I'm not someone who has ever been like halted by the fear of failure at all. Um, and that's certainly not to say that I haven't failed at things. Um, but I think, you know, on the business side, like Emily and I both have like a very, strong ability to take um challenges and turn them into opportunities so i think you know like looking at any kind of relationship like that like if there's a challenge like is it an opportunity to you know to do better is it an opportunity to figure out what you want is an opportunity to figure out like what's really important to you like at your core Um, and then kind of like assessing that and being able to like go after those things so, yeah, it's like, you know, it's all a learning curve, and, and that doesn't by any means think, like, say, n- not by any means to say that things aren't difficult um, because, you know, we all, we all have difficulties. Um, but, but yeah, I think my mindset has always been pretty like lined with positivity and, and things like that. So they've tended to like work out in the way that I uh, have wanted them to, even if you didn't like realize that at the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: how long have you and your fiance been together up till now? And then, what does the wedding
1: plan planning look like with this? Uh, did this pandemic I put know. a big dent in it? uh pandemic wedding has been a, a bit of a nightmare. So, yeah, we were meant to get um, we were meant to get married actually in a month. It was a month yesterday that we were uh-huh. meant to be getting married. So, so that is in off. Toronto. We had no. We had uh, we were planning on getting married in Italy. So. <sighs> it's uh, I know it's A so destination sad. wedding
0: it was everyone gonna uh, go
1: like or is it just really close family and friends yeah no we had about I think like 75 80 people coming oh, okay, right. like my family's obviously all in Melbourne whose family is here and we have friends kind of scattered all over um so with that we're like let's do neutral territory um and I was like Italy's basically in the middle he's like it's definitely not I'm like don't worry about it (laughs) wink Um, wink it's in the middle (laughs) yeah he's like hawaii is in the middle i'm like no italy is like (laughs) right, right in the middle um so so yeah that was the plan um which is obviously like on a pretty like on ice right now um but uh but yeah so i don't know we're trying to figure out like what we do next and it's hard to know right now with like you know not having an idea of when travel will open up um yeah I think
0: uh and the comfort too of people traveling sorry the comfort as well like of your family and friends like them wanting to get on a plane
1: because I'm sure you have like some
0: elderlies that maybe wouldn't want to get on a plane that's
1: really that's really really tricky um so yeah I I think right now we're just kind of like let's just put it on hold until we can like do it in the way that we want to do it there's no like you know no major rush by any means um so so yeah it definitely be well, I hope it's 2021 um but we'll uh we'll see kind of where now I'm like maybe we'll do it in California maybe we'll do it maybe we'll go back to Europe I don't know
0: I don't know everything's but up in the air uh,
1: it'll happen at some time when it's like meant to happen it's like we we're certainly both trying not to get like too bent out of shape about it it's like we had no choice but to cancel it like it wasn't like maybe we could still do it like we, we could not do it um so it was a pretty I don't say easy decision to cancel like sucks but it, we had to do it um and now like it's not really an option for us to just like do it in Toronto on a smaller scale because like my family wouldn't be there at all and I don't want to do that um so yeah it will be uh, hopefully a 2021 adventure somewhere <laughs>
0: Is yeah. there any advice you'd give to any, I guess, influencers that are looking maybe one day to be signed with an agency, maybe your agency? What are some things that they can kind of take a look at with their profiles before they reach out?
1: Yeah, we actually developed a whole series of e-courses um, at the end of last year for that like exact purpose. Um, so it was basically saying, you know, if you're an emerging talent, there's like three courses. So one is like, Personal branding, like how to develop it, what it looks like, how to really develop um, and showcase, you know, your tone of voice, your visual brand, um, you know, what the look, feel, tone is. Um, there's another one about like how to really just nail a brand collaboration. And then there's another one about like the brand and agency relationship. So that's like how you're going to communicate with brands and agencies, what kind of questions to ask them uh, before jumping into a campaign. Um, that go like really deep, like do a really deep dive into it. Um, so that's really fun. That's like on our website called Shine School. Um, so that is definitely advice for talent. Uh, but I think just like watching other talent and, and that's a really great thing about um, the internet is that like, you know, we have access to look at other people, look what they're doing, the kind of content they're creating and and just like have a bit of fun with it. But I think, you know, it's very important to really, develop and define like your own personal voice. And like coming back to what I said earlier with, you know, what do we look for in talent? Part of it is always that story. Like, what do you have to say? And I, I think that's such a crucial part of it that a lot of people think, oh, I'm just gonna like create beautiful images, which is great. And some, there are some people who are amazingly talented when it comes to creativity. Um, but I think when, when there's that underlining story that comes through in everything that you do, it, it, that's what's going to really hook your audience. And that's, what's going to help them to like, you know, help you to gain that trust with them over time. Um, and, and, and yeah, in, in the end, be like quite successful because brands will come to you for that trust that you have with your audience. Gotcha. Are the e-courses
0: free or are they paid?
1: Get paid so the total like, if you want to buy all three um it's 350 total but i'm total i can like do a discount code for you so if people like if listening to the podcast we'll do a we'll do like a code or something so if you can get like a hundred dollars yeah. off or something that
0: would be sick yeah and then i'll link it yeah. in the episode yeah. notes so people can check it for out sure.
1: awesome. yeah absolutely i'll um I'll, I'll send it to you um after the get off call for sure. And
0: do you guys focus more on people that are on Instagram, or what if people have a bigger platform on YouTube that doesn't quite translate like yeah. the, the ratio numbers to Instagram? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we have both. Um, we have like YouTubers, bloggers, Instagrammers, and now um, not so much people who have like their um, primary audience on TikTok, but a lot of our talent have TikTok um, platforms as well now. Um, but yeah, like I, a lot of our talent tend to be Instagram, um, or like YouTube is kind of the secondary one. Um, but yes, Instagram is, uh, definitely kind of where we started and has always been like primary for us.
0: Amazing. Well, the last question I usually end the call with Uh is, are you happy with the direction of life you're going on now, the path you've taken thus far and like excited for the things ahead?
1: Yeah, I'm so happy. I think that it's, um, I feel very, very privileged to be in the position that I'm in and to have had the opportunities that I've had to like get to where I am. Um, and I'm very aware of them, um, but now like I I'm I'm so happy. And I feel like I like I'm such a birthday person. Like I love birthdays, so I feel like with each birthday I'm like ah, I'm like just so excited by like the past year and and to be like excited about looking forward to like the next year and looking at what I want to achieve. And and I feel like I have like I'm, I'm like wait, hello, I'm thirty so three. Like, How old am I? <laughs> oh um, 23. <laughs> how many, Um, so I'm 33 now, so like I I feel very, very happy and proud of like what I've accomplished so far, and I'm like now kind of looking at next steps, I'm like, oh, what does it look like, and I'm definitely not like a five-year plan, or like gosh, even a one-year plan kind of person, but to start kind of looking into the future, and I'm very, very lucky to have Emily, my business partner, and Dan very aligned with so many things that we do Um, that we can kind of look together at, like, what, like, what's next for Shine, and what's next outside of Shine, and what role do those things look like, and being very, very open to, like, different possibilities, and different opportunities, and kind of, like, jumping on them when, when and as they happen, so, so, yes, very, very happy.
0: Awesome, and is there any closing thoughts you want to add?
1: Oh, gosh, I don't think so, I feel like I've kind of said everything as, as I've gone, I've, like, I will say, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not, I'm not a believer in luck. I really don't like the word luck. And, and yeah, I think a lot of people say like, you know, you're in the right place at the right time and things like that. But I think with that, like the thing that we forget and the thing that we don't talk about very much is like having the courage to like ask the right question, you know, which like, like no one ever literally in the history of time has just been in the right place at the right time and not acted with it like you can see what you're saying Mm -hmm. you have to like do something with that like you have to ask a question or you have to do something you know um so So are you not
0: superstitious then i feel like you're not a very superstitious person based on that
1: uh, i'm not very no i don't think i'm very i'm not like i think there's no question timing can align very well of course yes and i i'm a big believer in that but i think i'm you know i think I like in terms of like what I believe in, like do I believe that there's like powers much bigger than me? Of course. Um, but I believe that like I, what I have the ability and the power to do is like control my own actions. So, um, you know, your own response to things and how you deal with um, things that get thrown your way. So I think that, you know, having, having the ability and having the courage and being boldy enough to like ask for what you want is like, one of the biggest assets you can possess. So I I'm I know I have a lot of that and I'm, you know, it's something that I would encourage other people like even if you're like that's a big like stake it to you make a one. Like if you're scared to do it, I'm like, just like do it and go and like scream into a pillow afterwards. But like just like kind of to like push that boundary for yourself. And even if you're like so scared to do it, like if the worst, worst thing that can happen is that someone says no, then like you know, you kind of you've learned something from it, and yeah, I say to a lot of friends who are like dating and things like that, I'm like, dating is so fun. Like, so like, there's like two options. You have like a great date or a great story. Like, that's what you get out of it. So like, that's so fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and again, not to say there's not negative things that come with that, but like, you know just like going into it with like that mindset that you're, you're going to get something great or you're going to like learn something really important. So I think that's like how, you know, I've kind of gone about everything that I've done and, and is, you know, what I would encourage like younger people and people coming out of university or people who are like looking to make a career change as well. Um, you know, that's, that's what I would certainly be encouraging them to do. For
0: sure. Well, do you want to link your social media handles for the listeners?
1: Yeah, for sure. So mine is uh, Jess underscore Hanishin. Hanishin is a tricky one, but I'm sure you'll tag it somewhere. Yes, I like uh, it. And then uh, our Shine one is Shine underscore Influences and Shine underscore PR. So Shine Influences is certainly the one that we're much more active on um, and there's a lot more kind of content flowing all the time. But yeah, that's, uh, that's where you can find us on socials.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day
1: for managing my your pleasure. business. Um, yeah. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, um, I love to chat all things shine. So this is a super fun one for me.
0: Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you're all able to take something away from Jess's story and experiences. Don't forget to check her out on all of her social media platforms. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.